Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 8, Part 2 of The Water Babies By Charles Kingsley Read for LibriVox.org by Cory Samuel Tom was so puzzled and frightened with all he saw that he was longing to ask the meaning of it. And at last... He stumbled over a respectable old stick, lying half-covered with earth. But a very stout and worthy stick it was, for it belonged to good Roger Asham in old time, and had carved on its head King Edward VI, with the Bible in his hand. "'You see,' said the stick, "'there were as pretty little children as once you could wish to see, and might have been so still if they had only been left to grow up like human beings, and then handed over to me.' but their foolish fathers and mothers, instead of letting them pick flowers, and make dirt-pies, and get birds' nests, and dance round the gooseberry-bush, as little children should, kept them always at lessons, working, 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 learning weekday lessons all weekdays, and Sunday lessons all Sunday, and weekly examinations every Saturday, and monthly examinations every month, and yearly examinations every year, everything seven times over, as if once was not enough, and enough as good as a feast, till their brains grew big, and their bodies grew small, and they were all changed into turnips, with little but water inside, and still their foolish parents actually pick the leaves off them as fast as they grow, lest they should have anything green about them. "'Ah,' said Tom, "'if dear Mrs. Do-as-you would be done by knew of it, she would send them a lot of tops, and balls, and marbles, and nine-pins, and make them all as jolly as sand-boys. "'It would be no use,' said the stick. "'They can't play now if they tried. Don't you see how their legs have turned to roots, and grown into the ground, by never taking any exercise, but sapping and moping always in the same place? But here comes the examiner of all examiners. So you had better get away, I warn you, or he will examine you.' and your dog into the bargain, and set him to examine all the other dogs, and you to examine all the other water-babies. There is no escaping out of his hands, for his nose is nine thousand miles long, and can go down chimneys, and through keyholes, upstairs, downstairs, in my lady's chamber, examining all little boys, and the little boys' tutors likewise. But when he is thrashed, so Mrs. B. Dunbar as you did has promised me, I shall have the thrashing of him and if I don't lay it on with a will, it's a pity. Tom went off, but rather slowly and surlily, for he was somewhat minded to face this same examiner of all examiners, 
who came striding among the poor turnips, binding heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and laying them on little children's shoulders, like the scribes and Pharisees of old, and not touching the same with one of his fingers, for he had plenty of money, and a fine house to live in, and so forth, which was more than the poor little turnips had. But when he got near, he looked so big, and burly, and dictatorial, and shouted so loud to Tom, to come and be examined, that Tom ran for his life, and the dog too. And really it was time, for the poor turnips, in their hurry and fright, crammed themselves so fast to be ready for the examiner, that they burst and popped by dozens all round him, till the place sounded like Aldershot on a field day, and Tom thought he should be blown into the air, dog and all. As he went down to the shore, he passed the poor turnip's new tomb, but Mrs. B. Dunbar-as-you-did had taken away the epitaph about talents and precocity and development, and put up one of her own instead, which Tom thought much more sensible. Instruction saw a long time I bore, and cramming was in vain, till heaven did please my woes to ease with water on the brain. So Tom jumped into the sea, and swam on his way, singing, Farewell, Tom Toddies all, I thank my stars, that naught I know save those three royal R's, reading and writing sure, with arithmetic, will help a lad of sense through thin and thick. Whereby you may see that Tom was no poet. But no more was John Bunyan, though he was as wise a man as you will meet in a month of Sundays. And next he came to Old Wives' Fabledom, where the folks were all heathens, and worshipped a howling ape. And there he found a little boy sitting in the middle of the road, and crying bitterly. "'What are you crying for?' said Tom. "'Because I am not as frightened as I could wish to be.' "'Not frightened? You are a queer little chap. But if you want to be frightened, here goes.' "'Boo!' "'Ah,' said the little boy, "'that is very kind of you. But I don't feel that it has made any impression. Tom offered to upset him, punch him, stamp on him, fettle him over the head with a brick, or anything else whatsoever which would give him the slightest comfort. But he only thanked Tom very civilly, in fine long words which he had heard other folk use, and which therefore he thought were fit and proper to use himself, and cried on till his papa and mamma came, and sent off for the powwow man immediately. And a very good-natured gentleman and lady they were, though they were heathens, and talked quite pleasantly to Tom about his travels, till the powwow man arrived, with his thunderbox under his arm. And a well-fed, ill-favoured gentleman he was, as ever served Her Majesty at Portland. Tom was a little frightened at first, for he thought it was Grimes. But he soon saw his mistake, for Grimes always looked a man in the face, and this fellow never did. And when he spoke, it was fire and smoke, and when he sneezed, it was squibs and crackers, and when he cried, which he did whenever it paid him, it was boiling pitch, and some of it was sure to stick. "'Here we are again,' cried he, like the clown in a pantomime. So you can't feel frightened, my little dear, eh? I'll do that for you. I'll make an impression on you. Yah! Boo! Wiroo! Hullabaloo! And he rattled, thumped, brandished his thunderbox, yelled, shouted, 
raved, roared, stamped, and danced corroboree like any blackfellow, and then he touched a spring in the thunderbox, and out popped turnip ghosts, and magic lanterns, and pasteboard bogies, and spring-heeled jacks, and salaballas, with such a horrid din, clatter, clank, roll, rattle, and roar, that the little boy turned up the whites of his eyes, and fainted right away. And at that his poor heathen papa and mamma were as much delighted as if they had found a gold-mine, and fell down upon their knees before the powwow man, and gave him a palanquin with a pole of solid silver and curtains of cloth of gold, and carried him about in it on their own backs. But as soon as they had taken him up, the pole stuck to their shoulders, and they could not set him down any more, but carried him on willy-nilly, as Sinbad carried the old man of the sea, which was a pitiable sight to see, for the father was a very brave officer, and wore two swords and a blue button, and the mother was as pretty a lady as had ever pinched feet like a Chinese. But you see, they had chosen to do a foolish thing just once too often, so, by the laws of Mrs. Beatdumbye as you did, they had to go on doing it, whether they chose or not, till the coming of the Coxigrews. Ah, don't you wish that someone would go and convert those poor heathens, and teach them not to frighten their little children into fits? Now then, said the powwow man to Tom, wouldn't you like to be frightened, my little dear? For I can see plainly that you are a very wicked, naughty, graceless, reprobate boy. You're another, quoth Tom very sturdily, and when the man ran at him and cried, Boo! Tom ran at him in return, and cried, Boo! Likewise, right in his face, and set the little dog upon him, and at his legs the dog went. At which, if you will believe it, the fellow turned tail, thunderbox and all, with a woof, like an old sow on the common, and ran for his life, screaming, Help! Thieves! Murder! Fire! He is going to kill me! I am a ruined man! He will murder me, and break and burn and destroy my precious and invaluable thunderbox, and then you will have no more thunder-showers in the land. Help! 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 At which the papa and mamma, and all the people of old wives' fabledom, flew at Tom, shouting, Oh, the wicked, impudent, hard-hearted, graceless boy! Beat him! Kick him! Shoot him! Drown him! Hang him! Burn him! And so forth but luckily they had nothing to shoot, hang, or burn him with, for the fairies had hid all the killing-tackle out of the way a little while before, so they could only pelt him with stones, and some of the stones went clean through him, and came out the other side. But he did not mind that a bit, for the holes closed up again as fast as they were made, because he was a water-baby. However, he was very glad when he was safe out of the country, for the noise there made him all but deaf, then he came to a very quiet place, called Leave Heaven Alone, and there the sun was drawing water out of the sea to make steam-threads, and the wind was twisting them up to make cloud-patterns, till they had worked between them the loveliest wedding-veil of Chantilly lace, and hung it up in their own crystal palace for any one to buy who could afford it, while the good old sea never grudged, for she knew they would pay her back honestly. So the sun span and the wind wove, and all went well with the great steam-loom, as is likely, considering, and considering, 
and considering, and at last, after innumerable adventures, each more wonderful than the last, he saw before him a huge building, much bigger, and, what is most surprising, a little uglier than a certain new lunatic asylum, but not built quite of the same materials. None of it, at least, or indeed for out that I ever saw, any part of any other building whatsoever, is cased with nine-inch brick inside and out, and filled up with rubble between the walls, in order that any gentleman who has been confined during Her Majesty's pleasure may be unconfined during his own pleasure, and take a walk in the neighbouring park to improve his spirits, after an hour's light and wholesome labour with his dinner-fork, or one of the legs of his iron bedstead. No, the walls of this building were built on an entirely different principle, which need not be described, as it has not yet been discovered. Tom walked towards this great building, wondering what it was, and having a strange fancy that he might find Mr. Grimes inside it, till he saw running towards him and shouting, 